Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. How good is Christmas? I love Christmas. Now, I know there's some people that don't like Christmas and there's various reasons for that, you know, that you're the Grinch, but uh, I love Christmas. And it's such a great time of the year. It's such a fun time of the year. You know, we have presents, food. We have time off. Has anyone got any leave over the next coming weeks? Any people? Yes. I'll let you know before I go any further. Like when I ask a question, it's okay if you respond to me. This is a church where you're allowed to talk. Uh, So uh, any booing, uh, keep that till later. Send an email. I don't need that. But, you know, so all those things, we turn on the TV and we watch cricket Uh, Lost a few people there, lost a few people there. We watched the cricket, but Christmas is a great time of the year. You could just sense that things are different at Christmas. Like, I don't know about you, but things feel different at Christmas. Like, everyone is different. Like, people are a little bit more polite, maybe, or there's just this sense of atmosphere. Do you know what I'm talking about? This atmosphere that it's Christmas time. Well, another thing that's different at Christmas is we sing Christmas carols. And again, there's some people that don't like Christmas carols. And again, probably because you're the Grinch, you know, you're green and you got, you're all furry and stuff like that. But um, you can laugh, guys. It's a joke, okay? Like, I don't think there's any Grinches out there today. But, um, and, you know, we sing Christmas carols. And today we're singing a number of Christmas carols. And can we just give the band, the worship team, a big clap this morning? The singers, the musicians, great job. The tech team at the back for doing that, doing a great job this morning. It's so, so good. Just thank you for doing that. But I especially like the last song that we just did, Oh Holy night. It really expresses the significance of what Christmas represents. And, can I, and I'm just going to read, Oh holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of the dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Did you know that you have worth in Christ? The Bible says that you have worth. A thrill of hope The weary soul rejoices. The Bible also says, come to me all who are weary and heaven laden. I'll give you what? I'll give you rest. The weary soul rejoices. For yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. If Jesus, the morn is always going to be better. Then it goes on to the cross and it says, fall on your knees. Oh, hear the angel voices. And it says, O night divine, O night when Christ was born. And it continues on, O night, O holy night, O night divine. You know, these lyrics, they're speaking about the birth of Jesus. They're speaking about the birth of bring salvation to the world, the Messiah, the Lord. It says that in that song. And, you know, Christmas may be celebrated by religious people and non-religious people alike. We all celebrate it. We, we enjoy this season. But for Christians, it particularly has significance because we're remembering Jesus Christ. We're remembering Him. In fact, in Luke 2, and, and we already shared a little bit of that um, during the carols, but in Luke 2, we actually see the events of this song, Holy Night. You know, the carols we sing, they're based on Scripture. And it says this in Luke 2, verse 8. If you have your Bibles, you You can read with me, otherwise it'll be on the screen behind me. It says this, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. Like, just imagine that. You're just doing your thing, and then out of nowhere, the sky just lights up. There's these angels standing before you. You're like, you're maybe a little bit afraid. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. Turn to the person next to you. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news. Can we say that again? I bring you good news. And, great, and that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. He will, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. You know, I sometimes look at this scripture verse and I think to myself, this passage of scripture, I sometimes wonder of all the people that God could have revealed first, the arrival of Jesus Christ, he reveals it to shepherds. Like to shepherds, just, just ordinary people, just ordinary men going about doing their business. And it's, it's interesting that if you look in the Bible, shepherds are a bit of a common theme throughout the Bible. If you look at Abraham, they call, we call him the father of faith. Abraham was a shepherd. He had many flocks and, and many uh, animals. We look at then Moses. I'm as a shepherd with his father-in-law before he then became Moses who led the children of Israel out of Egypt. We know that story, let my people go. Moses, then we have King David. He was a shepherd, a young shepherd boy who, who fought the lion and then he fought the bear. And before he went on to then fight the Goliath, uh, the giant Goliath, another shepherd. Uh, we see in the Bible, it says in Psalm 21.1, it says this, The Lord is my shepherd refers to God as being a shepherd, someone who protects, cares, directs, um, leads, all those types of things. And so, you know, it got me thinking, what's the significance of shepherds? And I had a look and I really couldn't find any significance of shepherds, you know, any deep meaning to it. But what I did think to myself was, was shepherds were just ordinary people that God chose to bring the announcement of the birth and the arrival of Jesus Christ and maybe today, there's some ordinary people here. I consider myself to be an ordinary person. Maybe. And just like the angels made that declaration 2,000 years ago to the shepherds, to ordinary people, today I want to remind us, I want to remind myself that Jesus is making, that the angels are making an announcement to us as well, ordinary people. Goes on to verse 10 and 11 in Luke 2. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Uh, I bring you good news, yes, I've read that, that will cause great joy for all the people today in the town of David. A Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. It says there is a Savior born to you. So often at Christmas, we, we look at the nativity scene and we see baby Jesus in, in the manger. And that's true. That's what happened. And we see all these things. We see the, the wise men bringing the gifts before baby Jesus and laying them at his feet and giving them to him. But what we need to also remember is that baby Jesus, he grows up. And he grows up to be a great teacher and a great man of wisdom. But not just that, he actually grows up to be he grows up to be the savior of the world. And you may not know it, but you actually need saving. Someone once said this, they said this, I didn't know I was blind until I could see. I didn't know I was bound until I was set free. And when I was 15, I had an operation on one of my eyes called a corneal graft. 
And what they do is, is they take out the cornea, which is the front part of your eye. They cut that part out and they replace it with another cornea. And uh, I, I, I went to the optometrist with my dad. It, uh, it was in like the 90s. I was uh, in my mid-teens and said, my vision's not that great. The doctor said, oh, you've got a condition with your eyes called keratoconus. You need to go see a specialist. Went to the specialist said, yeah, you need to get this operated on. We'll put you on the waiting list. Could take months. Well, 10 days later, I got a phone call saying, you need to come in and get your eye operated on. And what, what I didn't realize, and what you don't realize is when you have an eye condition is that your eyesight gets gradually worse and worse, living with it day to day. And so my sight was getting, uh, gradually getting worse. Anyway, what happened is had the operation uh, that went, wow, that was a miracle in itself. There was some, some dramas around how we were going to pay for this, but, but that was looked after. And then I had the recovery period. It was a recovery period. I had to wear this patch on my eye for a long, long time. Anyway, eventually I got that off. And the first time, I remember the first time I went to church after that occurring, and I could see. Like, I could see it was different. It was, it was in the mid-90s. Does anyone remember guys were wearing the Paisley shirts? Remember, like, all those weird patterns? Come on, someone must remember. I'm not the only old person here. Paisley shirts, women were wearing like the really multicolored flowered blouses. Any, anyone remember that? Like these, and like as I looked, it was like so colorful. Like my eyes were like, whoa, all this color. And then, then I looked at some people's faces and I was like, wow, like did you turn? Because like there's a few blemishes and, 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 and things that I'm seeing that I never noticed before because now I can see. And then, you know, I go down the street and it, it was none of the people here today, like other people. And, and I went out in the street and I could see the signs. I could read them properly. I could read number plates on cars and, and things like that. And I realized that I could see better like that anonymous person said. I didn't know I was blind until I could see. And see, that could be you today. And you don't realize it but you're spiritually blind. That could be you today. You don't realize it, but you're spiritually bound up. And Jesus has said, I want to let you know that he has come to open your eyes to God's love for you, to open your eyes to all that God has done for you. That's what Jesus wants to do. I want to let you know that Jesus has come to open, uh, to set you free from any bondage you might be under, any addictions, any hate, any, you know, anything in your life that is keeping you down, Jesus has come to break you free from that addiction. And maybe your truth, you're searching, you're looking for answers, you're asking, hey, why am I here? What's my purpose? You're asking, is this all that there is? And I believe, no, there's more. There is more for you. There is a relationship that you can have with Jesus Christ. And I believe as, you, as we look in the scriptures and as we come to a personal relationship with Jesus, that we can find those answers to those questions. And in a moment, I don't know, there might be opportunity to know Jesus and to invite him into your life. Continue on, Luke 2, 13. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest favor rests. The arrival of Jesus is good news. Like the arrival of Jesus is good news. How do I know it's good news? Because the good news was celebrated. Like I don't know about you. I don't celebrate bad news. Like if I get a phone call, um, I, I don't know. Phone call go, yes, 
Awesome. Come on, Gab, get the champagne out. We're going to celebrate. Something bad just happened in my life. I don't do that. If you do that, we'll pray for you. Maybe we'll send you along to a psychologist. We'll, we'll get it figured out, you know. But we celebrate good news, yes? Come on, am I the only one? We celebrate good news. We get a promotion. Let's celebrate it. You know, our kids get great marks at school. We celebrate it. Hey, my, my daughter, Joelle, got amazing marks in year eight. She did fantastic. So good. A pluses, A's. It was like amazing. It's the Blackmore side of the family. Any Lujujis here today? Uh, but she did amazing. And, you know, we celebrate great news. And so the, the news of Jesus is like, who's the great news for? Like the angels celebrate it, but is the good news good news for the angels? No, it's not. It's not. Like they celebrate it, but it's, but it's not their good news. Is the good news of Jesus' birth good news for heaven? Well, it is, but that, you know, they're not really the one. The good news of Jesus is good news for who? It's good news for us. It's good news for you. Turn to the person next to you and say, it's good news for you. The arrival of Jesus is good news for us. It tells us something really important. The arrival of Jesus in our lives is something to be celebrated. Something to be celebrated. I feel like too many Christians are going through life not celebrating the fact that they have Jesus with them. And he's good news. And therefore, the outcome of that is good news for your life. Regardless of whether it's good news or bad news or whatever, anything in between, there is good news of Jesus in our life. See, when we invite Jesus to come and be part of our life, we have so much to celebrate. So much to celebrate. We've got new life, forgiveness. We now have a relationship with God, eternal life. We have peace. We have given spiritual blessings and so many other things that we can celebrate when we such great news. And these are the things that God promises for our lives and they're things to be celebrated. But let me tell you something. Even though I have eternal life, that's great. Even though I have uh, peace in my life in circumstances when, when, when there's like all these things trying to attack me, the peace of God can give me um, peace that surpasses all understanding. Even though I have that, even though I've been set free from my past, I've been forgiven of, of any wrongs that I've done. Even though I have all those things, I don't celebrate the things that God gives me. I celebrate Jesus. I celebrate him, the person of Jesus. See, to know Jesus is to live a life that is grateful no matter the situation, that is thankful no matter the circumstances, and that chooses to celebrate like the angels celebrated. And today you're here. Someone invited you here to our Christmas celebration service. Maybe it was friends, maybe it was family, maybe, maybe you were searching the internet and you saw something and so you came along, but you're here today and we've sung some carols and you're listening to me now and you just want to get out and have a coffee, but you know, we're going to do that soon, have food and coffee and we're doing all these things, but before we do that, I want to invite you to see who Jesus is. I want to invite you to see and to know who Jesus is. See, he's a savior. He's a king. He's an intercessor on your behalf. He's a friend. Jesus, he is God, and he wants you not just to see him, but to also to receive him. How do you receive Jesus? It says this in the Bible in Revelations 3.20. Behold, I stand at the door and I knock. He's standing at the door of your life. This is like a picture, yeah? He's standing at the door of your life and I knock. If anyone hears my voice 
and opens the door, I will come into him and eat with him and he with me. How do you receive Jesus? You just invite him into your life. Maybe right now as you're sitting there, you, you, like, you actually can feel maybe like a, like, a, like a presence of him knocking on your door. He wants to know you and come and to be invited into your life. See, he stands before you today. Before you as, as baby Jesus, as we sang in our holy night. He's standing before you as Savior Jesus. Savior Jesus. And if you'll say to him, Jesus, come be part of my life, he will respond to you and your life will never be the same again. Now, I'm not saying your life will be the best life for the rest of your life. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that your life will never be the same again. Your life will be changed, transformed. How do I know that? How can I say that? Because I have experienced it myself. Because there are people sitting in this room here today who have experienced that as well. When they invited Jesus into their life, their life was transformed and changed in an amazing good news way could have the keys come up right now that'd be great the story of the shepherd concludes in verse 16 to 18 so they hurried off and found mary and joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger when they had seen him they spread the word concerning what had and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them you know i've spent a little bit of my time of my message today, maybe talking to people here today who, who would consider themselves not to be uh, religious people or who would say that they don't really believe in God. And I've spent a little bit of time talking to you, but today I just, right now, I just want to uh, change focus a little bit, just like segue and spend a little bit of time speaking to people here today that do know God, that do know Jesus, that would say that, yes, I have invited Jesus into my life. I don't want to spend a little bit of time just speaking to you right now what did the shepherds do after encountering Jesus the scriptures say they spread the word they spread the word see part of being a Christian life is not just living a life for Jesus it's spreading the good news of Jesus it's telling other people the good news of Jesus Christ the change he's made in our lives the healing He has brought to our souls the the joy we have even in times of trouble. The assurance and confidence we have in God's love for us. The community that we find in a place like this in church. Jesus is good news. That's what He's done for me and that's what He's done for you. But can I encourage us today, the good news shouldn't just stay within the four walls of the church building or within inside our own family. The good news shouldn't be kept to ourselves. We want to tell others about what we've experienced too. See, Jesus is a gift to us that we receive, but He's also the gift that we give to others. You know, and on, on Friday, Christmas morning, we're going to receive gifts from our friends and our families and loved ones and, and, and other people. And it's so great to receive. But the Bible says it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. And it's amazing to receive Jesus. And we need to receive Jesus. But the, the most amazing gift to give someone is the gift of Jesus Christ. See, He's the best gift, the greatest gift you can ever give to one. Any other gift is temporary. Like you're hanging out. It's like, I want to get the new iPhone 12. I want the new iPhone 12. And I don't say that because I'm a Google man. But anyway, an Android guy. But you know, I, I figured most people here are iPhone people, so I'll talk to them. I want the iPhone 12. Man, I've got to get this iPhone 12. You get the iPhone 12, what happens? Two weeks later, you're like, eh, whatever. 
want something else. That's what it's like, yeah, with gifts. The older you get, like, the bigger the presents have to get, otherwise they're, like, less impressive. But anyway, the gifts that we receive here on earth are temporal, but the gift of Jesus Christ is eternal. Eternal, eternal difference in our lives, an eternal difference in the lives of someone else. And it says the shepherds spread the Word. And you know, it's really interesting. The last commandments that Jesus gives to His disciples, Matthew 28, 19, the very last thing that Jesus says to the 12 disciples and other people that were there, He says, go and make disciples. Do you know what we can paraphrase that to? Spread the Word. We can paraphrase the good news of me. Spread the news about how I can change their lives. And people were amazed at the story of the shepherds. That the story the shepherds told, a, a simple story about this baby born, but then the angel saying, this is the Christ. An amazing story. Can I tell you today, people will be amazed at the story that you tell them about how Jesus changed your life. But how once I was like this, heading in this direction, and then someone cared enough for me, someone loved me enough to give me the greatest gift I could ever receive, the gift of Jesus. And then my life changed and now I'm heading in this other direction. The story of your life, your testimony, would be an amazing story to someone else. Today as I end uh, this morning, I pray that you have an amazing Christmas full of joy, full of happiness. I pray that your new year is a great new year. I pray that, you know, I pray that on Christmas you have, even Christmas Eve, you have lots of turkey, ham, beef, chicken, um, seafood. Uh, what's something for the vegetarians? Potatoes. <laughs> Woo! We got you covered, ve- ve- vegetarians. We got Potatoes. I hope you have lots of food, do all those things, lots of presents. But let me encourage you today. Let me encourage you. Like, like, like I'm a pastor of a church, so I'd be remiss to say this. You need a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. You need a Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. And the second thing I want to encourage you, spread the word of Jesus this Christmas. What He did in your life, the change He's made, the change He can make in someone that you know. Come on, let's close our eyes this morning. Jesus, we just thank you today.